RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. People and businesses in Jordan count the cost as a weekend lockdown comes to an end. Experts debate whether the SAR's first neighbourhood closure was the right thing to do. And retail groups say shopping hotspots could become ghost towns without more support. Life has mostly returned to normal in a part of Jordan that endured Hong Kong's first lockdown over the weekend in a bid to curb coronavirus infections. Violet Wong is there. Wet market stores, boutiques and hair salons have reopened, with many shoppers saying it's convenient to be able to do their grocery shopping as usual. But some shop owners have complained of losses during the weekend lockdown, saying the government should make it up to them. Traces of the lockdown remain with some health workers strolling the streets in protective suits, but they are no longer guarding buildings. Mr Law, a resident of the area that was locked down, says he has to wear a wristband proving he's negative for the virus before he can leave his building even though the lockdown has been lifted. He said his bakery had little business after reopening this morning. This Jordan resident, Saman, said he was glad to be out this morning after two days stuck in his flat. He told RTHK's Violet Wong he didn't mind being grounded for a short time if it's for the greater good. I think it's okay to lock down like this because it's have some area that is spreading uh, very worse, right? So it's better. It's okay. I don't feel any bad things. So you were not bored or inconvenient? Yeah, only two days. It just doesn't matter. But if they have like two weeks, maybe it's a problem. But just they have only two days. It doesn't matter. A Yaojimong district councillor has called Hong Kong's first lockdown a horrendous idea. Owen Lee told RTHK that many residents complained of insufficient time to prepare and a lack of support from authorities in providing food or compensation to affected workers and businesses. Mr Lee said it would have been better for authorities to move residents to quarantine centres while they disinfect the drains and sewers in the community. The government experts always said that they are contaminated and there's a virus test positive during the connection. And they should do the big cleaning instead and they should move the resident and citizen to the isolation camp instead of doing the lockdown. Medical experts have been discussing the pros and cons of the lockdown. Vicky Wong reports. Infectious disease expert Hopak Lung says he believes it was necessary for the government to put Jordan under lockdown, but it should have been done up to two weeks earlier when there was evidence of COVID transmissions. Dr Ho said it was likely infected people already spread the virus to other places before the lockdown. A specialist in respiratory medicine, Lung Chi Chiu, suggested it wasn't the best use of resources. He said the number of cases found wasn't high and the government could have detected these through mandatory testing alone. And epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says the 13 preliminary positives found in the area wouldn't make a big difference in bringing case numbers down to zero. Professor Cowling said he was optimistic that when the government can vaccinate around 70% of the population, life can return to normal. I really hope that by September it will be possible, at least for the government to say, if we can get 70% plus vaccine coverage, then we're going to open up the airport, we're going to stop the quarantine for travellers and aim to get back to normal as soon as possible. Schools are going to go back to normal. And then maybe just having a few social distancing measures in the back pocket in case case numbers flare up from time to time. He also recommended not using the mainland Sinovac vaccine, which, if only 50% effective, wouldn't provide herd immunity in the population. In other news, the Retail Management Association says it's expecting a single-digit decline or growth in the first six months of the year, depending on the recovery from the pandemic. 
but it's predicting sales in the first half of the year to be down 30% when compared with 2019, before COVID-19 and social unrest hit the SAR. It noted that retail sales had fallen for 22 consecutive months since the second half of that year. And it warned that popular shopping districts such as Chimchichoy, Causeway Bay and Moncock will become ghost towns as more businesses close, unless they receive further assistance from the government or major landlords. Overseas, the Democrat leader in the US Senate says President Biden's multi-billion dollar COVID-19 relief plan will be implemented, with or without support from the Republican Party. Chuck Schumer said the bill, worth nearly $2 trillion, aimed to reignite the US economy and greatly accelerate the number of people being vaccinated. We need money to help the unemployed, and people need checks in their pockets. And we will increase the overall amount people get to $2,000 a person. That would be 8000 for a family of four. All of that must get done quickly. We hope our Republican friends will see the need and work with us. But if not, we will get it done. Joe Biden has promised 100 million vaccine shots in his first 100 days. More than 400,000 people in the US have died with the virus, and the number of officially recorded coronavirus cases there has exceeded 25 million. The Mexican president, André Manuel López Obrador, has tweeted that he has COVID-19. The 67-year-old leader said he had mild symptoms. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. He said the Interior Minister would be taking charge of his daily morning press conferences and that he would remain informed of public affairs from the National Palace. He said that he would be speaking to the Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday about the possibility that they send us the Sputnik vaccine. President López Obrador's diagnosis comes amid the worst COVID-19 infection rate numbers in Mexico since the pandemic began. He has been consistently criticised by his opponents for downplaying the gravity of the situation in the country and for failing to wear a face mask in public. The French government's top scientific adviser says the country probably needs to move into a third coronavirus lockdown. In a television interview, Jean-Francois Delfrezy warned stricter measures were necessary to contain the spread of new variants. He said there were lessons to learn from the experiences of the UK and Ireland. First of all, that intermediary measures are not sufficient to stop the new variant, while a lockdown such as they have in England and perhaps equally in Ireland shows that there is in fact the beginning of a reduction in the curve of infections, at least in England, which shows that, however barbaric a lockdown may seem, it does have an effect on the transmission of the virus in general and of the variant in particular. Dutch riot police have used water cannon and tear gas to clear demonstrations against coronavirus restrictions. Hundreds of protesters gathered in central Amsterdam, while in the city of Eindhoven dozens were arrested during disturbances near the central railway station. The BBC's Anna Holligan reports. In Eindhoven, riot police used batons, shields and fired water cannon to try to disperse people holding placards protesting against the 9pm curfew that came into force on Saturday. Trains were stopped, shop windows in the station smashed and supermarkets looted. Some of the demonstrators threw fireworks and grabbed bicycles to build barricades against the police, who eventually used tear gas to clear the streets. The National Security Council will meet on Monday. Its chairman, Hubert Bruhl, said he understood people's frustrations, but said of the current lockdown, if we persevere now, we will get our freedoms back sooner. 
the NGO Oxfam has calculated that the combined wealth of just 10 men increased during the pandemic by more than 400 billion US dollars, enough to pay for everyone in the world to be vaccinated. Here's the BBC's Caroline Hawley. The charity says that a super-rich elite have amassed vast amounts of money while jobs are lost around the world and billions of people struggle to feed their families. And yet, the increased wealth of just 10 men would, it says, not only pay for vaccines for the whole planet, but also reverse the rise in poverty caused by coronavirus. Instead of cutting aid, as the UK is planning, Oxfam's calling on countries to raise funds from those who've profited most during the pandemic. Last month, Argentina's parliament approved a one-off tax on the super-rich to help pay for the economic costs of coronavirus. Media reports suggest a senior North Korean diplomat who was acting ambassador to Kuwait has defected to the South with his family. Ryu Hyun-woo reached South Korea in September 2019 and sought asylum, but his arrival was kept secret. If the report is true, Mr Ryu's arrival came two months after the North's former acting ambassador to Italy, Joseon Gill, sought asylum from Seoul. A newspaper report cited Mr Ryu as saying he wanted to offer his child a better future. Portugal's Conservative President Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa has secured a second term in office, winning the presidential election with 61% of the vote. The BBC's Alison Roberts reports from Lisbon. Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa is expected to be more outspoken in his second term as president after five years in which he was known for seeking consensus. A former leader of the main centre-right opposition party, in his first term he cooperated closely with the socialist government. It didn't even back the only socialist candidate in this election who came in a distant second with 13% of the vote. There had been worries that the recent surge in coronavirus infections might deter voters, but in the end turnout was similar to five years ago at 49%. Boeing's troubled 737 MAX aircraft is expected to be approved for flying by regulators in Europe this week. The plane returned to US skies last month for the first time since March 2019 when it was grounded worldwide after two deadly crashes. Here's the BBC's Theo Leggett. Efforts to make it safe have focused on changes to the flight control software and the way the plane uses information from external sensors. But Ed Pearson, a former senior manager on the 737 production line, says that both aircraft suffered electrical and flight control system problems in the days and weeks before the accidents. He believes these may have been symptoms of wider defects in the aircraft, which he links to production conditions at the 737 factory at the time they were built. He claims planes were being made too quickly and staff were overworked, and that other 737s may still be at risk. In finance, the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development says the mainland was the largest recipient of foreign direct investment last year, bringing in $163 billion US dollars. That compares with $134 billion for the US. China has surprised many with the speed of its recovery from the pandemic. Overall, last year, global foreign direct investment collapsed, falling by 42%. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 30,038, 590 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 103.72 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 21 cents. And the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 62 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face each other in Super Bowl 55 after wins for both teams in the conference finals. 
the Chiefs kept up their title defense with a convincing victory in the AFC Championship game at home over the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes passed for 325 yards and three touchdowns in a 38-24 Chiefs win. Here's their coach, Andy Reid. I'm proud of these guys behind me here. They did a phenomenal job. Our hats go off to the Buffalo Bills and the great job in which they did all year. And most of all, listen, we've got the Lamar Hunt Trophy back in Kansas City, and now we got to go get the big one, baby. The Buccaneers will be the first team to play in a Super Bowl on their home turf when they square off against the Chiefs in Tampa on the 7th of February. The Bucks went into Green Bay and ousted the top-seeded Packers 31-26. 43-year-old quarterback Tom Brady clinched a record 10th Super Bowl appearance of his career. You know, it's been a long process for uh, you know the whole team, and uh, today was just a, a great team effort. We played sporadically a little bit, but the defense came up huge, and um, we're going to need it again in a couple weeks. And just great to get another road win. And now we got a home game. Who would ever thought you know a home Super Bowl for us? But we did it. The Bucks were helped by a strange decision by Packers coach Matt LaFleur. With two minutes remaining and his team down by eight points, he opted to kick a field goal on fourth down instead of trusting his star quarterback Aaron Rodgers to get a touchdown that could have tied the game. The Bucks then ran out the clock after the Packers defense was called for pass interference. The way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two-minute warning. And, you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop. And I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end. But, you know, they, we got called for, for the PI. And it didn't work out. So I think anytime something doesn't work out, do you regret it? Sure. Now to the English FA Cup, where Bruno Fernandes fired Manchester United into the fifth round as they knocked Liverpool out with a 3-2 win. Both sides had the lead at Old Trafford, but it was Fernandes who sealed victory with a beautiful free kick after coming off the bench. I'm happy because we win. Nothing more. Most important was going to the next round. And I think doesn't matter who, who scores. Of course, if, I'm, if I score, I'm happy. This is for sure. Premier League sides Chelsea, Leicester, Everton and Burnley have also progressed to the fifth round. And as you look at sports... To end the news, the top stories once again. People and businesses in Jordan count the cost of the weekend lockdown. Experts debate whether the closure was the right thing to do. And retail groups say shopping hotspots could become ghost towns without more support. The news from RTHK. I've got your home address 
the only chance that we could say is a chance that someone else won't make it all come true. We'll make a track to show our touch and go, but now it's touch and come and you should know. Then four years won't mean that much to me When I've been smothered in the sympathy Smothered in the sympathy.